0: I'm a practicing geriatrician, so that means I'm a medical doctor specializing in geriatrics, which is the art and science of modifying healthcare so that it works better for older people and for their families. In this episode, we are going to talk about falls, and specifically, we're going to talk about what you can do if you're worried about an older parent or other older person falling. As you probably know, this is an extremely common concern among families and also among older adults, Falls are very common, and the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, estimates that one in three older adults falls every year, and that 20% of these falls cause a serious injury. And falls can be, uh, they can cause broken hips, they can cause head injuries, and they can sometimes be the triggering event that forces an older person to leave their home or triggers a move to a new living arrangement. And even when there isn't a serious injury, falls are scary. They cause anxiety and distress in older adults. They can cause fear of falling, which we know can prevent older adults from being as socially active and physically active as they would be otherwise. So it's definitely important to address falls and prevent falls. And what I want to do today is go a little bit beyond the usual advice about preventing falls, because there is a lot of advice out there available online at many reputable nonprofit and governmental websites. The CDC itself has a great page about fall risk assessment and fall prevention for older adults, and it's written for the public. So that advice is very good, and it usually goes something like this. They usually recommend, you know, one, tell the doctor, which is actually very important because we know that many older adults don't tell the doctor and may not even tell their family. But it's important to tell the doctor because often a medical evaluation and an evaluation for underlying causes is important. And so you need to get the doctor involved for that. And then the other general recommendations are usually to do exercises for balance and strength, to get your medications checked, to make the home safer, and to get the vision checked. And those are all outstanding recommendations, which I would strongly endorse. And I will link to that page from the CDC in the show notes. But I want to help you take things a step further. And so here's what I want to cover today in this episode. So first, I want to talk a little bit about why older adults fall, and that's because one of the secrets to better and more effective fall prevention is to have a better understanding of what causes older adults to fall in general. Usually, it's a combination of multiple causes and risk factors, not a single cause, and that's because falls, like many problems that affect older adults, are multifactorial. They're usually the result of a number of factors coming together plus some kind of trigger that stresses uh, the older person. In this case, that stresses the older person's balance or strength. So I want to talk about why older adults fall, because once you understand that a little bit, it can enable you to get better at exploring the reasons why a particular older person, like your parent, might be falling. And that process of Kind of identifying the specific causes and risk factors and contributing factors in a particular person is really key to personalizing the fall prevention plan. And I think that can be a more effective way to, uh, one, uncover important things that might be going on, which you can either try to address or you should at least know about. And then two, if it's done well, then we can help the older person hopefully fall less. And so I, I want to explain to you a little bit the way uh, the way I think about fall prevention, not because I expect you to, to do this on your own, but because I think it can help you approach your doctors and work with your doctors a little more effectively in really going beyond the general recommendations for exercise and home safety and zero in on identifying the risks that are affecting your parent or yourself if you're a certain age and have been concerned about falling. So... I'm going to talk about um, why older adults fall and how you can kind of get better at identifying the risk factors Uh, for your parents. I'll review the three-step process that I use to uh, assess an older person and make recommendations when we're concerned about falls. And then I'm going to finish by talking about medications that we geriatricians particularly look out for when it comes to falls. And I want to especially talk a little bit about blood pressure medications. There is research evidence that implicates them in falls. And my experience has been that this is something that's easily overlooked by busy primary care doctors and uh, that some older adults, especially if they've been having falls or near falls, are probably being overtreated for high blood pressure. And so I want to give you some tools to help you check for that and think about whether that might be worth bringing up to your doctors. Okay. So, why do older adults fall? This is not something that people have historically asked me very much. Sometimes they might ask why is my mom falling, but usually what they want to know is, you know, how do I keep her from falling? What do I do? What can we do? And I do feel like effectively answering that question comes back to why is the person falling? So, broadly speaking, What triggers a fall? We as humans stand up on two legs, which is unusual for mammals. And to do this, our bodies have developed this amazing combination of systems within the body that help keep us upright. And they relate to blood pressure. They relate to balance. They relate to how we feel in our joints. They relate to vision. And so we have all these systems in the body that help keep us upright, and that importantly help keep us upright even when we have a challenge to our balance or strength. And so if we trip over something, our body is designed to help us recover from that challenge and hopefully not fall down. So a fall happens when a challenge to our balance or strength overwhelms our ability to stay upright and recover from that challenge. So when we're young, we have lots of ability to stay upright, and so it takes a really big push off balance or a huge amount of weakness for us to fall down. But as we get older, all those systems in our body that help keep us upright, tend to work less well, partly because of the consequence of, you know, aging in general wear and tear and decline in the peak function of those systems, and then also because as people age, they tend to have developed chronic illnesses that might damage or affect some of those systems, or be on medications, which might interfere with proper function of those systems. And so blood pressure medications, for instance, often interfere with our blood vessels' ability to quickly squeeze and tighten when we stand up, because if our blood vessels don't squeeze and tighten, when we stand up, all this blood falls into our legs and we feel lightheaded for a moment. So in terms of older people, generally a fall happens because they have, they have all these risk factors and kind of underlying causes that are putting them at risk and then there's a triggering event, like a stumble or possibly a moment of illness or weakness. And in terms of risk factors for an older person, You can kind of think of them as being person-centered and sort of intrinsic to the person. And those are often related to health. And then environmental. So I'll start with the environmental ones. Environmental ones would be things like home hazards, um, loose rugs in the house, cords that you might trip over. It might even be icy sidewalks or footwear that isn't very supportive or maybe has a higher heel. So those would be kind of external risk factors that aren't within the person and their body and their health themselves. And then there are the person-based risks or the health risks. And for these, you often need the help of a clinician to identify all of them. But those include things like um, the general aging of our systems for sensing and managing blood pressure. Arthritis is another condition that uh, the pain and then also probably the loss of flexibility, having arthritis in your lower legs is associated with falls. Uh, Weakness of the lower legs is a really common factor that increases the risk for falls. Vision problems, problems in feeling numbness, for instance, in the feet or decreased sensation in the lower legs, which can keep you from feeling your position, your body's position as well. Having cognitive impairment or a dementia such as Alzheimer's is known to change the way people walk, and it's associated with falls, and that's probably because the same brain changes that change the way people process their memory and their thinking also probably affect the brain systems that are coordinating walking. Certain types of uh, neurological diseases. So Parkinson's is a classic neurological disease that is associated with falls. And then, uh, so those are kind of changes in the body or illnesses, and then there are also medications that, as I mentioned, can increase one's uh, sort of health and person-related risks for falls. So let me now take you through kind of three steps that I use um, when a family tells me they're concerned about falls or if an older person has been falling. So basically, here's what I do. First, I evaluate the person and I try to identify for myself and for the family to the extent they want to talk about it. I try to identify all the risk factors and underlying causes that are involved. I also ask about uh, how the false happened because there you're identifying not just the sort of person-based risks and the risks in the home, but you also wanna find out what are the triggers because that, again, is another way to reduce falls is to think about, is there a trigger? Like, is it a dog that's pulling the person over when they walk them and that's creating that trigger? Or is it a moment of low blood sugar if it's a person with diabetes who's taking um, medication? So I sort of consider the person's health and try to identify all those risk factors And then I also ask about falls and near falls because I want to identify the triggers. And then once we have that list of considerations, then we can look at it and ask ourselves, well, which of these could we modify or change or reduce? Because not everything is going to be modifiable. So if a person has a change in the way they walk because of Alzheimer's, We can often help people with Alzheimer's think better, but we can't truly reverse the illness. But there might be other things that we can modify or improve, like strength and balance and flexibility, and that's why exercise is such a great recommendation to help older people reduce their fall risk. And we might also be able to modify medications if we think that medications are creating moments of risk or otherwise diminishing the person's ability to recover from a fall. So step one is to evaluate and list the risk factors that are contributing to falls and the triggers. Step two is to zero in on which ones we think we can modify and reduce or change or eliminate. And then step three is to implement some practical strategies to address those risk factors or triggers that we think are modifiable or could be avoided. So now let's talk about um, an example that might illustrate this approach. Um, So here's an example I created at one point for a blog post about reducing falls. So Mr. Jones is 82 years old. He lives at home with his wife. He takes a daily walk in his neighborhood. He's had diabetes for a long time and has developed chronic numbness in his feet. That's a common long-term complication for people who have had diabetes for a while. And he's on medications for diabetes, high blood pressure, and also uses Tylenol PM because he has a little bit of arthritis in his knees and back. His daughter Wendy subscribes to a newsletter about better health for aging parents and she recently read the CDC fact sheet on how important fall prevention is and she would like to keep her father from falling. So what should Wendy do? So as I mentioned earlier, the usual recommendations to lower fall risk would be a good place to start. So she would encourage her father to remain physically active. She might even want to encourage him to sign up for an a program that specifically builds up strength and balance and flexibility like certain forms of yoga or Tai Chi or an exercise program specifically for older adults. And she would take a closer look at the house and try to remove common trip hazards, make sure there aren't any loose rugs, make sure the sidewalk doesn't get too icy. And she might also encourage her father to get his vision checked or make sure that uh, it's been checked recently. Usually it's checked regularly in people with diabetes. But if she wants to personalize the fall prevention plan a little bit more, then she could also ask the doctor to help her make a list of Mr. Jones's person-based risk factors. So if she came to me and asked me about this, the factors that would jump out at me would be these. First of all, I would think about the chronic numbness in his feet, And as I mentioned, this is a common problem in people who've had diabetes for a long time. It can definitely affect how easily people stay on their feet. And it's good to be aware of this risk, but this problem usually can't be cured or reversed. So next, I would think about diabetes because some people with diabetes are prone to episodes of low blood sugar, which is called hypoglycemia, especially if they take insulin or other drugs that actively lower blood sugar. Now, not all diabetics are on medication that actively lower blood sugar. Some are on medication that just helps their body absorb sugar more effectively. And so metformin, for instance, if you have diabetes and you're taking only metformin, usually you shouldn't be able to go into low blood sugar. But many people are taking medications that can drop their blood sugar. So Wendy could ask her father if he ever has low blood sugar episodes, because those are moments where people feel weak and woozy and those could trigger a fall. And uh, if reports that, she should make sure this is addressed with the doctor. And then she could also just ask about his overall blood sugar control, or otherwise try to make sure he isn't being over-treated for, for diabetes. The next thing that I would look into would be blood pressure medication, because this could increase fall risk, especially if Mr. Jones's blood pressure is often below 120 over 80 with 120 being the systolic number, the top number, that's usually the one that we're most interested in as clinicians. And it turns out that research studies have found that older adults who are on blood pressure medication do have a higher rate of serious falls. Serious meaning falls that break bones or cause head injuries. We also know that older adults are especially at risk when they have started a blood pressure medication. And one study published in 2012 found that starting blood pressure medication was associated with a 43% higher risk of hip fracture during the first 45 days. So when it comes to older adults and fall risk, I always consider their blood pressure and their medications. And Basically, what I do is I check the older person's blood pressure both sitting and standing, and that's because it's very common in older adults to have a drop in blood pressure when they stand, and sometimes also um, a rise in their heart rate. And a small drop in blood pressure when standing is is usually not very concerning, but if it drops a lot like say more than 20 points systolic, or if the person says they feel woozy or a little lightheaded when they stand, or if the person's blood pressure drops to below a systolic of 110 when they stand, then I usually ask myself whether we should perhaps consider dialing back the blood pressure medication. And another study of older adults who came to the emergency room feeling weak or dizzy or having a near fainting episode, sort of studied the tests that emergency medicine doctors did to see which was most useful in sorting it out. And they found that checking blood pressure sitting and standing was, was actually a very useful test to do, but it was only done a third of the time. So that's a simple little thing that you could potentially even do at home if you have a blood pressure monitor, or that you can ask the doctor to do if your parent has fallen or been concerned about falling and is on blood pressure medication. So next with Mr. Jones, as I mentioned, he's been taking Tylenol PM at night. And so any over-the-counter medication labeled PM contains a sedative. Usually it's diphenhydramine, which is the generic name for Benadryl. And that's a drug that's commonly used as an over-the-counter sedative. And it does help a lot of people get to sleep, but it, it also can cloud the thinking a little bit, but also probably can affect the balance because anything that makes you sleepy or groggy will affect the balance and in some people there's still a residual effect the next day. So I would encourage Mr. Jones and his daughter to find another way to help him address his arthritis pain at night or to help him fall asleep if that's been an issue. So hopefully through that example, you can see how along with the usual recommendations for fall prevention, which is exercise, um, especially strength and balance exercises, home safety modification, checking the vision, talking to the doctor, how in doing that, we've sort of identified some particular risk factors that are relevant to Mr. Jones. And now we can work on a plan to address those specifically. So now in the last part of the episode, I'm going to talk a little bit more about medications. Now, it is a very common recommendation to older adults and their families that if they're concerned about falls, they should discuss medications with their provider. But usually we don't, give people a lot of details on which medications to ask their provider about. And providers are often also kind of busy. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit more about the particular medications that I look out for. We've already touched on a few of them to give you some ideas about what might be worth bringing up to the doctor. As geriatricians, we look at medications and reduce them, usually reduce them, quite a lot. That's because it's one of the most modifiable factors for fall risk, whereas helping people exercise and build up their strength is very important, but takes more time. And it's important to keep in mind with medications that presumably they've been prescribed for a good reason, but you always want to double check because studies have found that many older adults are on medications that are potentially inappropriate, medications that have been left there for a while or that were prescribed for a symptom that is either still not being adequately treated or is no longer relevant. But even presuming that the medication was prescribed for a good reason, most medications involve a trade-off, and we prescribe them if we're prescribing thoughtfully so that they'll provide um, a benefit, either some kind of symptom relief or by reducing the risk of something bad down the line. So reducing the risk of stroke or heart attack, that's why we usually prescribe blood pressure medications, for instance. But medications also involve a trade-off which is that they come with a risk of side effects or of developing a complication related to the medication. So what you wanna do with medications is think about balancing the benefits versus the risks and make sure you're clear on them. And then for something like blood pressure medication, often we can treat people for high blood pressure. And what we tend to do in geriatrics is aim for around 150 for the top number. I know that's um, because of the study this past fall That's been called into question, although I think it actually doesn't uh, necessarily change what we'd be doing for many older adults, and I have a blog post explaining why on the site if you want to hear more about that. But often it's possible to treat with medication a little less, so you still get a lot of the benefit, hopefully, and perhaps have less of the risk, or in some cases we might decide that, well, this was prescribed, but the, the likelihood of benefit is really quite small, and there is all this chance of risk or side effects. And you should know that often doctors don't do a great job of explaining the risks or side effects of medications. So in terms of medications that increase fall risk, the ones that we look out for and that we come across as risky meds most often, one is the sleeping pills and tranquilizers. So some of those are in the benzodiazepine class. Um, So those are drugs like diazepam, which is Valium or lorazepam, which is Ativan, and some people take those either for their nerves or to fall asleep. And then also, as I mentioned before, the anticholinergic drugs, the drugs that give you dry mouth and make you a little bit sleepy. And there are uh, lots of different medications that people take are anticholinergic. So if somebody, uh, if an older person has been falling or seeming off balance or were worried about falls, we often zero in on those and try to find a way to help the person taper off And even for older adults who have been on um, sleeping pills for a long time, studies have found that with the right support and taper, it is possible to reduce the dose or help them stop. And then there are also many effective non-drug ways to help older people sleep or manage their anxiety. So I look out for those drugs. And then I do look out, as I was mentioning, um, for medications that can cause people's blood pressure to drop when they stand. So almost all blood pressure medications do this. And then you should also keep in mind for older men that there's a medication called Tamsulosin. The brand name is Flomax. And it's for men who have enlarged prostates and are having difficulty urinating. That's a medication that relaxes the muscles in the urethra, which is the tube that helps you pee. And that medication also as a side effect relaxes the muscles in your blood vessels. So having blood pressure that drops is uh, a known side effect for that medication, and there are some related medications that worked in a similar way, like Terazacin, which is called Hytrin. and so sometimes older men are on that medication to help them urinate as well. So I definitely check on that medication, especially if I've done the blood pressure sitting and standing, and notice that there's a drop. So we've covered a lot in this episode, and I'm going to try to wrap it up at this point. Just to summarize key points that I want you to keep in mind, It is generally nearly impossible to prevent all falls, but we can often reduce a person's fall risk, especially if we make an effort to understand that particular older person's specific risk factors and then try to address the ones that seem most modifiable. So I highly recommend individualized assessment and a personalized plan, but your doctor may need gentle reminders in order to help you do this. And so I would especially encourage you to ask for a careful medication review and ask could any of these medications increase fall risk? Be sure to ask about medications that are for sleep or for nerves. Also, especially if your parent is on medication for blood pressure or for the prostate, I highly recommend making sure that the blood pressure is checked standing and sitting. And if there is a drop or a feeling of lightheadedness or the systolic blood pressure standing is less than 110 then I really encourage you to talk about whether a reduction in blood pressure medication or in the medication to help with urination might be in order. If your parent is ever starting a new blood pressure medication, asking for the doctor to, reminding the doctor to start with the smallest dose can be helpful as well. Last but not least, I do wanna reiterate again that I think doing exercise is great for fall reduction. And I'm actually hoping to invite a physical therapist to talk to me for a future episode about what kind of exercises are most useful to do, and also about the role of physical therapy in doing a gait and balance evaluation, which is something that we often refer older patients for, because physical therapists are the experts in assessing the way people walk and making recommendations for what kinds of exercises are going to help them walk better. And now that's it for this particular episode on what you can do if you're worried about falls in an older parent or another older person. For more information on how to better understand a particular person's fall risk and on how geriatricians help families prevent falls, be sure to take a look at the show notes online for this episode, as I'll be posting links to helpful resources and also to related articles that we have on the website. To find the show notes for this episode, go to betterhealthwhileaging.net Click Podcast in the main menu at the top, and then you'll see the list of recent episodes, and you can click the title for this episode, and that'll take you to the show notes. And of course, if you have any questions about something you heard in this episode, please post your question in the comments section under the show notes for this episode. Chances are that many other listeners will be wondering the same thing, so when you post your question on the site, that allows me to provide an answer that can be helpful to the entire audience. If you want to remain anonymous, you are of course welcome to use your initials or even make up a name for yourself to protect your privacy when you post your question. Lastly, if you've been enjoying the show, please do help support us by subscribing to the show on iTunes. Because when you subscribe, this makes it easier for others to discover our show on iTunes. And I would love for the many people who are interested in health or aging or family caregivers to be able to find it and give it a chance. You can also further support the show by leaving a rating or even a review in iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Leslie Kernison, and I'm looking forward to you joining us for future episodes.